Greetings everyone, this is V, aka Vernon English, and I'm going to finish this Langston story for you guys, and thank you to the new listeners, thank you to the new subscribers, so I can hurry up and get you to the third book, and update you on how I'm writing the fourth book, which I started writing last night, and I'm really excited the way that it's coming together, I'm just excited about the messages that I have and it's not anything holier than thou or anything like that it's a really interesting story in all seriousness in all seriousness like I said the story is delved in a lot of different mythologies and a lot of different things but before I go into it I, I also have to add uh, that <laughs> I'm thankful to the listeners. Thank you for you listening to my convoluted story. Thank you to you uh, paying attention uh, because it really adds to the writing process of me doing so and gives me inspiration to tell other writers uh, to continue their craft. And regardless of what they have in the story or how they're going about it, there's always something of substance. And there's always something that needs to be told or said. I, I was really inspired yesterday. And before I go into the story, I was speaking with someone. And he just basically was telling me about life. And how crazy it can inevitably be. And the tragedies that befall certain things and people in certain instances. So for me... It just came around full circle and it was not a conversation that I wanted to put in my book but it was a conversation that I needed to have to to get a frame of reference of where I am in life and to understand all these other different intricate things that one might or might not understand about us as personalities us as people and why we feel the need to have certain things happen in our lives and so I was just sitting back in, in awe and in retrospect and appreciating uh, the things that are presented me on a daily basis uh, and, and very thankful. If it seems like I'm not thankful, oh wow. You, you gotta catch me when I'm really, 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 really thankful because it, it just comes, everything, and it happens in that, that circular fashion or rather, it happens in an inspirational fashion where something will will present a message and, and you'll see it. And you'll be like, all right, that's cool. And then you'll see the message in a different light or you see it in a different way or uh, a different package. And, and, and I love that about life. I love that about inspiration. And it sounds confusing, but when it's not so confusing and you see something in a television series or you see something on someone's shirt everything has this way of of coming around full circle or even the things that you're thinking about inevitably are thinking about you and and i love this one quote where they say what you are searching for is searching for you and i i love those qualities and i love the the mysterious part of how stories come together. 
and so yeah that's basically all i have for where i am at in the current writing process uh you'll be very excited the fourth book i'm i'm ready i'm i'm piecing it together it's, it's a whole process that i'm going about it and and you just have to be patient uh with me because this process does not take as long but it takes a little bit of ingenuity on my part not to have it so the way that this story came about so basically if anybody is catching in on any of these new podcasts and i'll finish this one off so i can thrust you into the next series and where my new stories are which are very very exciting and you you'll be very excited to actually be a part of the writing process of those and i would love to hear some feedback too as to what you like and what you don't like uh just so that i can have some justification of the things that i like and if we're on the same page <laughs> so basically okay so we have langston right now langston is a grand character he is a very humanistic character and he's experiencing all the things that others in celestial are experiencing as well uh, to some detriment and so he's experiencing a dreamscape but it's not necessarily a dream and he's experiencing this disembodied whatever it is by the name of Elroy and Elroy is telling him about all these fanciful things and at the beginning of the first installment he tells him or tells Langston that he sent him on an errand but doesn't understandably so tell him how he knew him from the beginning they just both have this sense of understanding that they knew one another <laughs> and so then Elroy zips off and wanders off into the dreamscape where there are planets there's no ceiling floating buildings edifices parts of walls just things perpetually floating and so as to not be overwhelmed by such a crazy and fantastical uh, dream scene uh, Langston just walks around and, and discovers that he is not in Kansas anymore and wonders where the kid or Elroy has zipped off too and all of these things go into a basically understandably crazy mode of self-realization and all of these thoughts that happen in his mind uh, keep going on and it's an interesting thing too it's funny because I was looking and I was reading this book and I was talking to the podcast at the same time so it was cool because I was thinking of the third book which is the seat of the door with no threshold and I'm looking at it and reading it and I'm like, wow, that's that's an interesting story. That's crazy. And I was like, oh, wait, time out, time out. This is the second book. Anyway, let me begin here and just say that Elroy is one of the most mercurial characters that I've crafted in this story. Uh, it is not only indicative of his name being from the Jetsons, but I wanted him to be as quite as mysterious as the origins of me saying it and the reason of me spending so much time in this set story the design is of afrofuturistic uh, a mentality but someone also described to me the other day that there was a difference of mesopotamian type of earlier uh, 
before uh, Teotihuacans and for the Mayans and Aztecs uh, type of design uh, that he was akin to. And ironically enough, this comes around full circle too that I did not make the entire character like this, but his his head and the helmet that he had and all of the other different things were very Afrofuturistic based. And Afrofuturist is a general term that I use, uh, but it's not something that I teeter on. It's just a, a label of something like uh, the Black Panther or something like this, or something where technology is mixed with a sense of respect for the land or nature versus just entirely technology that opens and encompasses and just takes over everything. So that was the one reasoning of me uh, designing uh, such a character. And I wanted this in the story of someone who knew something and then someone who was completely oblivious. And it just worked out great that these two characters have this uh, mercurial conversation and it's really funny and so I'll begin and say that uh, here in this point uh, this is Van Gammon Raggedy Roar okay okay so Elroy basically says magically he found himself upon rock more descriptions were godly it would seem this remnant of celestial decorated with plants turned metal so unruly he thought Unaware of what it was, his pervading reaction oozed translucent, gaudy, wasteful trough. Okay, so basically, Elroy was floating around looking for something. And while Langston was going around just being wide-eyed, looking for things, uh, Elroy was looking for certain tools. And these things were perpetually, like I say, floating around beyond him and anyone else and so he's basically finding rocks that were floating it was basically like a, a space inertia type of scenario uh, insane one by the way and so basically he was looking for a place or something to travel from the next platform to the next now platform could easily be over a uh, hundred yards and easily over five football fields into the next one and not to mention that they were at different heights but this area is not hell it's not heaven and it's not purgatory it's not any of these or any of the usual laws of physics and so it says here Langston Langston's instant oh wait wait the winged creature understood Langston in intent immediately now that he was on the signature matter, the upper hand of being looked like it belonged on something else, partly when you saw its golden wings and the rest of its body was predator lace camo. So, I'm not privy to, like I say, world history, and easily if someone asks me a question, there's the reference of looking something up on Wikipedia. But the way that I designed the creatures that they're riding on was a bit chimera-like or a piece of a character or a creature and then half of the other was of something else and that's just in this description of the creatures there of which I had now the winged creature understood Langston's intent immediately now that he was on the signature matter the upper half of the being looked like it belonged on something else 
Partly when you saw its golden wings and the rest of its body was Predator Lace Camel. Langston walked cautiously, shooting stars raced out of range. You survive another test? You know you could have gone anywhere in the multiverse, yet you chose a cage. A la maze. Do you not suppose your quest was set before you, instructions left in your inner vest? Did I string you along with my mysteriousness? Pretense to believe you were choosing your own path. Wait there, a la maze. So, this is Elroy speaking again. And he's basically speaking uh, very, what would you call, in wit or very uh, sarcastically talking about the origins of things. And so if you have read or have listened to the first few podcasts, the original talking of it was talking about, or excuse me, the original conversation. And so basically... The conversation arised as far as the creator of something or this creator of things and that everything was already made by said creator. One's own life and one's own intention were already made by one set own creator. It was all set in stone and even one's thoughts or even one's future thoughts were already set and, and coincided it. And the other conversation was that that was a bit egregious, that the creator would not have crafted something so set in stone. Something that had a playful quality to it was still there, is the opposite argument. So basically, and, and I talked about the conversation between the man and the woman on the bus uh, about three or four times. But here is someone who I introduced, introducing or rather presenting the conversation in a different light. And by saying that he had already set certain things already out and basically set <laughs> the notion of Langston making his choices and decisions, but if these choices and decisions were Langston's to begin with, is completely up to conjecture or rather up to one's own opinion. If that all makes sense, and I will explain this again before this cast is over, but I, I'm reading it now and I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, that's, I actually put that in there, that's really cool. So, basically, you have him going through and seeing this and then it actually even mentioned it. it says in all seriousness i forgot where i was going confess langston the journey was seamless random unfiltered brimming with duress yet floating upon someone else's wings i trust of course elroy smirked as he looked down at the sparkling board game best of five wins no finesse and then it ends and so you you have and i'll mention this again you have elroy saying you survived another test you you knew or know you could have gone anywhere in the multiverse, yet you chose a cage a la maze. Do you not suppose your quest was set before you, instructions left in your inner vest? Did I string you along with my mysteriousness, pretext, to believe you are choosing your own path? Wait there, a la maze. And so basically to look into someone and their freedom of choice, and this is a very philosophical question of 
nature versus nurture, but then too it goes into what one believes. If there is actually truly something already set in stone for someone, or does someone have the opportunity to choose and the freedom of choice of the things that are presented to them? Now, obviously, you can have the option of choosing these things before you get there, but it goes into a very deeper, deeper conversation of all these things that surround oneself in life. And that's why on the bus, there was this woman who was saying, like, that's impossible. You know that there is other options, and you know I have freedom of choice. And the male was like, yo, you know the creator told something for you and everything is set in stone. I refuse to believe that nothing had not already been made for me if it was not just greatness. And so, El, not Elroy, but Langston was sitting in the back of the bus and having his own opinion about why someone would even be arguing about the origins of intentions to begin with. If something was set in stone or if someone had already laid these things out for this person. And that's why they described it as a maze or rather a puzzle. And to have all of these things come full circle and tell someone that, and to actually wake up and not even know the memories and understand what is going on, and to be surrounded by fanciful creatures and impossible things that would make the most bravest person sit on edge is where Langston begins and where it is ended. Because then, you have Elroy telling him that he's about to play a game. And that's why the title of this one is Backgammon Raggedy Roar. Now, necessarily, the backgammon is not something that they would be playing, but it could possibly be chess, it could possibly be something else. But I just wanted to comment on that and to add to the overall obscurity of this very Twilight Zone, very obscure Alfred Hitchcock type of scenario and and that's pretty much where I leave it at for now now the other part and I'll add to it as far as the design of the place the design of the setting and how alive the setting is that it's in a moving environment and it's not just something that one just looks at and ignores or thinks of as a regular setting. This literally is something that would even garner its own installment in itself. And so I would dedicate quite possibly the next few just to describe the settings and why they are so different. Why this is not just a dreamscape. Dreamscapes fade off into the distance or adhere to what the viewer is looking at, not necessarily interacting with that they're interacting with to begin with. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for dealing with this non-confusing description of awesomeness. I appreciate it to high heaven and back. This is Vernon, AKA Vernon English, or V, AKA. <laughs> and yeah, that's just one of my stories. And, and this one is Bangammon Raggedy Roar. If anyone was to ask, like, what is the description and why does it sound so confusing at times? And you can only just tell them that it was supposed to be that way from the beginning. And if you got the message from it, then that was particularly your message. But then there are so many other different ones. And you can't really factor it all into one type of thing. So thank you so much. I'm serious. 
hit the subscribe button let someone know um just tell them to listen to like five to ten minutes uh if in a day and they can listen to spotify listen to it on their itunes or listen to it on any other platforms that they have and give a a, a proper denotation of what they think of it the storytelling is so var varied that i can go and flip it based off of so many other different things that's why the fourth book i'm really excited in and taking my time with enjoying the process because it is insane so that's about it thank you so much peace peace